Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Nine State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. We're coming at you today with a special uh, boys lacrosse semifinal preview. Uh, my name is Joe Marchalina, and joining me today, we have a substitution to the lineup. Alex Hall from the Union Leader will be on in a little bit. Uh, and don't forget, you can send us questions and feedback by sending an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at nhhsports. And uh, this week, as I said, we, we got a special uh, semifinal preview coming at you today. Later on in the week, once the championship games have been set, we will have a uh, special championship preview coming at you on Friday. Uh, so look out for that. And before we get started today, let's take a moment to tell you about our sponsors. The presenting sponsor of the Ninth State Sports Show is Roger Howe of the Bean Group. Are you thinking of selling your home? Now may be the time. Just like the weather, the market is hot and interest rates remain at all-time lows. It's time to call Roger Howe, a licensed professional realtor with the Bean Group. Not sure what your home is worth? Roger will provide a market analysis for you at no charge. With 12 years of experience in residential, commercial, leasing, and investment properties, Roger knows your local market. Contact Roger Howe of the Bean Group at 800-450-7784 or 603-247-1583 or email him at roger at rhowrealestate.com. The Ninth State Sports Show is also proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs. Located in Bedford, Prolax Customs wants to make your stick as unique as the way you play the game. It is the place to go in southern New Hampshire for custom-dyed lacrosse heads. Or guys, if you need a stick stringing as we get into crunch time, you need to contact Joe. To learn more, visit them online at ProlaxCustoms.com. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram or email ProlaxLacrosse at gmail.com. So one of the keys to being a successful team come playoff time is, is having some depth. And today, uh, we at the Ninth State Sports Show are calling on that depth. With uh, with Coach Hetler unable to join us uh, for very good reasons, Alex, uh, you are you are our next man up. Uh, so a of course, uh, Alex Hall from the Union Leader uh, is joining us. Thanks again for doing this, and uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks very much for uh, for calling me up. I appreciate the call of the big leagues. You know, <laughs> I'm happy to make the the debut. Um, you know, and it's and and we're we're throwing you right into the fire here too. We are we are talking about nothing less than the uh, the boys lacrosse semifinals coming up uh, Tuesday and Wednesday this week. Of course, you've got Division Two uh, on Tuesday at uh, Stello Stadium in Nashua, and then followed up on Wednesday with uh, Division One at uh, Bill Ball Stadium in Exeter. And at the same exact time, uh, I might say that a couple times today, just because it's. I think it's worth mentioning. It's uh, as you and I were discussing before we started here that mm -hmm. um, you know we can't all be at the same place at the same time. But at the same yeah. time, Wednesday, uh, D three boys uh, at uh, Bank of NH Stadium uh, up in Laconia. So uh, we'll go we'll go in order uh, by division, not uh, not chronologically by uh, game time here. So let's uh, let's start with uh, Division One. Uh, and um, I guess the, the game that probably is going to be draw the most attention from fans and, and everyone uh, who follows lacrosse around the state is uh, the first game of the day uh, between Pinkerton and Bishop Girton. Uh, and you and I were both there. We saw the regular season game. Uh, it was a 16-4 win uh, just a couple weeks ago by BG. Uh, any, I guess, any reason to think that, that that's going to be uh, maybe a closer game this time around? Um, I mean, I, I think that with with a little bit more time, I feel like, you know, Coach Goudreau at, at Pickerton, I, I feel like he, he makes some adjustments, right? I, I mean, like, not that 
you know, I, I feel like BG's like well known at this point of like what, you know who their guys are, you know what they're good at type of thing. But I think you know maybe some adjustments are made and it's a little bit closer. I think uh, I think BG still wins it um, fairly fairly handily. Um, it, it is weird to say that when talking about a BG Pickering game, just with like the history between those two, all the championship. Uh, you know. Um, it felt like, you know, you saw the, I remember we would talk for years. It was like whoever won the the regular season right. game lost the, the rematch in the final right. and things like that. Um, you know, obviously the two like, you know, very storied programs in New Hampshire and really, you know, helped uh, put New Hampshire on the map for lacrosse. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know if it's, 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 I don't know if it has that. Uh, it doesn't have that same feel this year and it's not, you know, it's just, it's it's not the the game it used to be at least for now, right? I I would agree. You know, um, whereas Pinkerton has kind of bounced back from that um, that run that they had at the end of the year, the the little losing streak they had. Yeah, they mm-hmm. uh, they are going to need um, probably a perfect game to come out with this one. Right. Um, just talking about the history. So actually, the uh, the last time that they played in the semifinals was actually ten years ago, uh, <laughs> in twenty twelve. And that one, um, talk about oddities. Uh, BG won that game three to two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Barn burner. Yeah, right. Um, and I, I don't think I was at that one. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like this was back in the day when they used to play at um, what is it? Is it Larkin Field? It's new, the old field that they yes, used to use. Yeah, the old soccer yeah. Um, lacrosse field. Yeah, right. And I, I feel like uh, I was I was there for a girls' game earlier in the day and and as i was leaving i crossed paths with coach cameron Mm -hmm. and um i i don't remember if we what we said or if or if anything uh if we said anything to each other but i just remember seeing the score later and thinking wow that's that's Mm -hmm. bizarre um and i i think you know it might take i I believe in that game uh pinkerton came out and probably played a, a quite a lot of zone against bg um, you know, it might take an odd wrinkle like that uh, against the Cardinals. I know Bedford had some success uh, with his own defense earlier in the year, um, but yeah, I think I think I think you're kind of right at this point. You know what BG's got, and it's it's kind of tough to overcome a lot of the, the the spots that they have the advantage at. Right, and I think it, it's it's weird, right, for Pickerton because you know Cole Frank uh, at faceoff like he's he's yeah. just a he's you know one of the best in the state but you know BG has one of the other best in the state in JJ Murphy so it's like at least in the regular season game it kind of felt like Pinkerton was a little out of their element in the way that every other game they're they're going to probably win the faceoff battle right whereas when they play BG they almost have to like go in and like play differently because that, that they don't have that that possession advantage right. that they do every other game of the season, you know. I mean, he he won every faceoff against Nashua South on Saturday in the in the quarterfinals, mm-hmm. right? I mean, right, and that's and that's happened a few times. Yeah, a few yeah. times. This I know year. he did that against Salem in the regular season. He had another game like that. I can't remember who he played off the top who they were playing at the time, but he's done it a couple times where he's just gone perfect. I yeah, and I and I think he, for the season he's somewhere around like ninety percent. Yeah, um, on faceoff. So, yeah, to have that to have that be your norm, and then all of a sudden it go the other way, uh, mm-hmm. almost a complete one eighty. I think in that regular season game. Um, so yeah, that'll be it's, it's the adjustments. I know they they um, you know against South in the regular season, Pinkerton had the problem. They were they won the majority of the faceoffs, but then they couldn't really do anything with them. They made right. an adjustment going into Saturday. It worked. 
I guess we'll just have to see, you know, what what kind of adjustments can they make this time around. And I think the other um, the other thing, um, Riley Spellman was back for that game against South this past Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he didn't have a huge game, uh, but it seemed just having him back out there on the field made quite the difference. Yeah, I remember uh, when we talked with Coach Pedro after the regular season uh, BG game, uh, Joe, he was talking about, you know, he, he compared Riley to uh, to Aiden Drunzik for Exeter and right. how important he was to their team. So, I mean, that kind of, you know, gives you perspective on it. And I think, yeah, like you said, you know, ha- just having a guy that means so much to you back on the field after not having him for a little bit, I mean, that gives you a jump, I think, even if he's not doing well or, or back to 100% yet, right? So Right. Uh, speaking of, uh, of, of, of Drunzik, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a number out there that, um, kind of puts, uh, put, t- gives a little twist to that. Cause I, you know, the other matchup, you've got Londonderry playing Exeter. Uh, I went out to Exeter, uh, saw some of Exeter's quarterfinal win, um, against Concord, uh, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I got the, I didn't get there until the, till the end of the first quarter. I look up, it's already six, nothing Exeter. Um, you know, I get out there and I start taking my photos and videos and whatever, and uh, I think it was nine. Yeah, it was nine two at halftime. I go to look at the book at halftime, and uh, Drunzik has a, a nice big blank spot next to his name where, where goals are listed. And I right. just went. I went. They they're up nine to two at halftime in a quarterfinal game, and and Aiden Drunzik doesn't have a goal. Uh, he he uh-huh. did finish with four, um, but I I think you know not that I would expect them to beat you know Pinkerton or BG or or maybe even Londonderry without him scoring. Mm-hmm. But it just I think it just goes to show you the depth that they have that we really didn't probably expect them to have going into the season. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, we saw um, when they played um, when they played Portsmouth and, and Adam Neal right. had a big game and, and really, help, you know, helped them through, you know, pull that one out, which was a very close game throughout. Um, so, you know, I think I think people, you know, sometimes like. You know, when you think of Exeter, obviously Drunzik comes to mind, um, and, and he's sort of, you know, what makes them go. But they do have other guys who, you know, if you try to just take away Drunzik, that's that's not always going to mean that you're going to win that game. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gavin Lechner had a big game for them uh, this past Saturday, as did um, Owen Williams had a couple of goals as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they've got uh, Ethan Burnich in goal. He didn't really have to do a lot against Concord, but you know, remembering that that game against um, uh, now you just said at Portsmouth. There we go. The Portsmouth game, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he had a really big game in that, and he played well against BG and their their only loss of the season. Um, mm-hmm. So I think yeah, he's going to have to be a huge factor for them too as they get into uh, these last couple rounds. Um, you know, just overall though, the fact that um, you know we're Exeter. We knew we, they lost a ton from last year's team. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they lose Jerry Holly, their their longtime, the only head coach the program's had. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Brewster comes in. He's uh, you know a, a young guy taking over a program that looks like it's starting in a way starting over, and really mm-hmm. they look like they just reloaded. Um, you know, a lot of kids got their opportunities, and um, I mean, just it's 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 been impressive that they've run the, you know, uh, or had the season that they've had and gotten back to this point. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there really wasn't any, any sort of hiccup between the coaching changes. And I think that, um, you know, I haven't, um, you know, seen, uh, too much. I've, I've, um, you know, talked with them through the season here and there, and I saw that a couple of their games. Um, and, but it just seems like, I, I don't know, he, you know, it seems like the message, you know, when he's, talking to the guys on the sidelines it's very like 
they get it right away type of thing. There's not a lot of miscommunication. They, uh, it, it seems like he has a really good relationship with Drunzik. Right. Um, there seems to be like, you know, they, they sort of get each other in terms of the, the lacrosse IQ and, and what they're both trying to do. So, um, there's, yeah, just, it seems like the, the transition went real you know, as smoothly as it could. Uh, and they're right back where they have been the past few years. And, um, you know, just as good, you know, as some of those teams that, that got here in the, in the past. Yeah. You, you, sometimes you bring in that, that younger head coach and you, and you're kind of, I guess it's going to go one of two ways. Either he's going to be too buddy, buddy with the kids, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like the, you know, inmates running the asylum kind of thing. Right. Um, or he's going to be able to, to be the, be a, a, a kind of a, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of the right way to put it, but he's maybe going to have a better rapport with the kids as he's trying to coach and teach. Right. Them. And that, that really looks like what's happening here is like, he's, you know, he can maybe relate to them a little bit better as as a, a younger coach, but he's also got his finger on the on the, the pulse of what they need and 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 how to mm-hmm. get them to to um, going in the right direction. Yeah, and, and he played in college too, I believe. So he's not too far removed from from his playing days too. So you know, there's that. You know, um, right. that that you know, he has uh, he's got that you know, just out of the player mode type of thing. Uh, so kind of gets you know can kind of maybe communicates uh you know even better with that as well um yeah no i mean dexter's you know really impressive this year um it was good to see you know they had the the acton boxborough win um you know they you know they pulled out a really close one with uh, with portsmouth um you know in the final minute there um you know i mean they they played you know all the obviously all the other top teams in, in d1 and uh, so, I mean, they've got a lot of good wins on their resume. I think, you know, going into the season, it was kind of expected that they'd get here even with sort of the changes and stuff but and with what they lost. But um, I, I think the way they've gotten here is, has been impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely wouldn't have guessed 18-1 and one, uh, and the right. number, number one seed. Uh, yeah, did not did not have them. Uh, at, at, uh, I, I probably would have set their, their over-under at wins at probably like 13 Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if I would have 13 and a half, let's say I probably would have taken the under, uh, at least mm-hmm. in the regular season there. Um, you know, and they're, and they're playing a Londonderry team that, um, you know, kind of turned its season around too. Um, they started out kind of slow, um, you know, started, yep. uh, two and four and then went on a pretty good run with their, with their only two losses in there. Um, you know, two Exeter and two Pinkerton. Uh, right. They, they did lose to Exeter twice during the year, um, eighteen to three on April sixteenth and fourteen to three on May 9th. So a lot of probably a lot of work there for the Lancers to kind of make that up. But um, you know, we've we've seen funny things happen. Um, you know, when you get to the Final Four, sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, yeah, I did. I saw the that first legendary Pinkerton game, that ten nine Pinkerton yeah. win, and that was that was close throughout. Like that was that was a game start to finish, um, and then you know. They go on a little bit of, you know, was it a, you know, five game winning streak after that before they meet Exeter and Exeter uh, and lose that one 14 to three. But yeah, I mean, that, that seemed to, you know, that, that Pinkerton close game with Pinkerton seems to seem to jolt them for a little bit there. You know, they lose to Exeter, but then they go on a little bit of a run there to, to end the season uh, before they see Pinkerton again. So, um, you know, I, I think Lenardary, like, um, you know they they're pretty strong defensively. They've got they've got some good long stick guys. They um, every game they've won they've given up single digit you know goals. So um, maybe that's sort of the way you try to you know 
limit Exeter as best you can on defense, but I feel like that's just like a tall task, yeah. unfortunately, oh, yeah, right. you know. Yeah, almost almost have to find ways to drag out possessions and and just mm-hmm. keep, keep away as much as play play defense from them. They need like a, a three two <laughs> that that <laughs> that, three, that, yeah. that two, gotta, 2012 DG figured in three two game. Right, what dial up dial up some uh, some zone defense from that game. Uh, right. <laughs> so, uh, so those are the uh, the D one boys semifinals. Uh, you'll have Pinkerton and BG playing at Exeter five o'clock on Wednesday, followed by uh, Londonderry and Exeter at Exeter at seven fifteen, also on Wednesday. Um, winners move on to the championship game on on Sunday this year, Sunday June twelfth, uh, and that is the late game, uh, which is I believe slated for a, a yeah seven thirty start. Uh, usually tend to they tend to have these things on time. I feel like, uh, of course, it's been a couple years um, since they've done yeah. this, but, but they usually, space out. Yeah. yeah, they space out the final day very well. Uh, the semifinals not so much. <laughs> not so, yeah, not so. They added. Hey, they added that fifteen minutes there uh, from from. Uh, that's true. <laughs> sure, uh, that that's all you need if in a game goes to overtime. Just an oh, extra fifteen minutes. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so Tuesday's games, uh, we'll have the, the D2 uh, boys semifinals. Uh, and as we uh, uh, mentioned, those will be at Stello Stadium in Nashua. Uh, you've got Wyndham and Derryfield in the first semifinal, the, the two seed versus the three seed. Uh, they did play once during the regular season with uh, Derryfield winning 13-5 to back on uh, April 29th, which was uh, kind of a, a start of a, a down point for Wyndham. They lost... Um, that was their first loss of the year. They lost three out of four during that stretch, but then they they bounced back really nicely to finish the year. Had a couple big wins to end the year too. Uh, Timberlane um, had one over a surging uh, Hollis Brookline, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know they get into the playoffs and they they uh, blow doors against Alvern and then um, get another win over a, a pretty good Winnicott team to to get to the semifinals and then. You know, for Derryfield, they've been on a nice run, um, you know, since dropping a, a, a few games here and there. Um, they also had a nice win over or, or had a nice win to end the regular season uh, or close out part of the season against St. Thomas. And then um, they got an, a win over Conval uh, in the quarterfinals mm-hmm. last Saturday. So, um, I, I, you know, the, that 13-5 feels kind of like it looks you look at that and you think, oh, well, Derryfield handled them pretty good. And I, I'm. It was, it was a game that was close early, uh, and then mm-hmm. Derryfield kind of pulled away there in the second half. So I don't. I, anyone I think that might go into this one thinking that this is going to be, you know, a, a, an easy one for Derryfield, I think might be surprised. Yeah, and and you know, when um, you know, I, I think with um, you know, just they have the ability to score too. So it's not like you know, you know, it's not like they, you know, if it becomes like you know, a goal for goal type of game that they can't hang with that. Um, I, I believe that, you know, you're talking about just, um, you know, just what you saw with Alex Ryan and stuff. Right. right? And so um, I think, I think this, you know, ha- has the potential to probably be like maybe the, the closer of the, of the two semifinals um, just from, just from kind of looking at, looking at things and just, you know, I guess mostly just, you know, how strong Portsmouth is this year on the other side. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, this certainly doesn't feel like it's just going to be like a regular season repeat. Right. Yeah, I think the big thing, um, yeah, you mentioned Alex Ryan, um, and he had a big first half uh, against Derryfield in that regular season game. 
Um, you know, as much as they're going to need him to score, they're going to need some other guys to, to step up, I think, and and do uh, a little bit of, of, you know, I saw them do this against Hollis late in the, in the regular season was just kind of uh, possess the ball. You know, they um, mm-hmm. they struggled to win faceoffs in that game against Hollis Brookline, but they were able mm-hmm. to turn them over, get the ball back, um, and then just take large chunks off the clock. Um, you know, so I think they're going to probably need some guys to do that, you know, and then have other guys, they're, they're kind of secondary scorers like, uh, you know, Drew Denton, uh, Matt O'Connor, uh, guys like that are going to have to step up. Um, and then uh, they're going to need a big game, I think, out of Jackson Milano too. He's been really good in goal this year for mm-hmm. them. Um, you know, been been very impressed when, I, when I've seen them, um, you know, just coming from, I know last year he split time. Um, as a senior this year, he's, uh, he's looked real good. So that's, yeah, I think those two guys, uh, those, he's going to be real key for them. Yeah, and, and you know, having, um, you know, if you get, I mean, you see it all the time, uh, you know, I, I cover hockey in the winter, winter and that, that's sort of like more so the hot goalie, you know, stereotype. But if, if you really, all you need is like a few really key saves in a, in a tight playoff game sometimes too. So if you if you feel comfortable with with your goalie and you can get um, a jolt off of a, of a big save, that can really that can really energize you for sure. Of course, that that being said, then you you look at at, at the Dairy Field offense. They're trying to slow down, and uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of it's I never easy. <laughs> no, it's it's never easy. And I don't think there's any one guy that you can look at. I mean, I, I guess the guy you probably start with is uh, is Tate Flint, um, trying mm-hmm. to kind of take him um, away and 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 you know sh- shut him off a little bit. But that's that's easier said than done. But he feels like the guy that kind of gets their their offense really going. Um, you know, and then he's got some really talented guys around him and, uh, you know, Chili Cabot, Alex Murray, Quinn Silvio, um, you know, those guys, I, 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 again, I don't know, I don't know who you, if you're Wyndham, who you look at and and say, okay, this is where we're going to start. I guess it's Flint though. Right. Right. But I think that it it becomes so I think it's so difficult, especially in lacrosse when you have to worry about like multiple scores and you have to have like, like a team with like good offensive depth is like so hard to stop because especially if you're going to have like a possession edge, like just stopping that constantly is, is, is a lot to ask. I feel like, um, yeah, I mean, Deerfield's Deerfield's young. I mean, we talked a little bit about it before the podcast, but like, uh, obviously coach Hetler's no, you know, stranger to the semis and the finals. And, um, I, I think it's, it's just like so part of like, you know, um, just what's ingrained in the program, right? Like, um, you, you kind of you know you're gonna get to those big stages and you got to be ready for them. And um, there's a reason they kind kind of get back there so often, even if you have a younger team or maybe you, you know, um, you know you have a top heavy team some years and you know you're losing a lot. Like, right. it doesn't if that happens, it usually you know there isn't a too big of a, a of a hiccup that that coach Hetler has to come back from. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about teams that are, it feels like they're, are always there. Um, at least lately you look on the other Mm -hmm. side of the bracket and, uh, you got on one hand, you know, one side, you got Portsmouth that, uh, looking for its, uh, its second championship in a row after winning last year's title. Um, they've been in, you know, a handful of championship games in the last, you know, six, seven, eight years, final Mm -hmm. fours as well. Uh, and then, the other guy on the other, you know, the team on the other side of the the line there, uh, you got Timberlane, who mm. uh, up until last year was uh, was a bit of a, 
a newcomer, uh, you know, hadn't made it. Uh, I think last year was their first semifinal appearance ever. If I'm yeah, not mistaken. that sounds and right. Then, yeah. yeah. And then of course their first championship game appearance. Uh, mm. and here they are back again. And I got to say, um, their, their two playoff wins, you know, they, they, they ended the season with losses, um, you know, against Portsmouth and against Wyndham, mm-hmm. um, you know, but then they get into the playoffs and, um, you know, they've, they've scored a, a bunch, they scored a bunch against Hollis Brookline, won that game, um, 15 to seven. They come back, uh, on Saturday and play uh, a really good St. Thomas team and beat them 15 to six. Uh, so they look like they're on a roll as well. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, Timberland's really impressive. Like, uh, with, I mean, those, you know, Hollis Brookline and St. Thomas are, are like, you know, first round Hollis Brookline. And then like, you know, so you get in, you know, first round, like that's, that's like a, that's a tough first draw. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, you know, you win that, you know, you know, almost double them up. And then you go and again, another really strong team in St. Thomas, you know, been strong all year and you win that one pretty handily too. I mean, it, it does, you know, on paper, it looks like, you know, they've, they figured things out offensively. They've, they've got some confidence going into, Again, another really, you know, obviously, you know, top seed, you know, really, really strong Portsmouth team. But they've, you know, they're battle tested two rounds in at this point. Yeah, they they did have, um, yeah, some battles. They um, they had a regular season battle with Hollis Brookline too, uh, not too long mm-hmm. ago. Um, you know, they had yeah, eight, a, six, a, yeah, yeah, a tough game with Nashua South or, uh, earlier in the regular season. Um, yeah, so they, which South was one of like the the better middle tier division one teams and that was a two goal game i mean that's that's also really really good uh to have on the resume and (laughs) and to have played that one and i mean we we kind of talked about it yeah again before we started um the i think the big thing for timberlane is how to how you know you you mentioned um you mentioned with pinkerton learning how or kind of trying to figure out how to to counter the fact that you're not going to be starting with the ball a lot and and timberlane i think is going to have to do that against portsmouth you know, you've got uh, a guy in, in, in Nick Smith uh, for Portsmouth who is probably the best faceoff guy, I think, in Division II. Uh, mm-hmm. And he may be third in the state right behind those two two Division One guys we were talking about, uh, Murphy and, and, and Frank. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Portsmouth is going to probably have the ball, you know, to start each, you know, maybe at least 75% of the time, maybe close to 85% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you slow that down? Um, you know, and the owls are pretty good on defense. Um, you know, Gary Shivel has been a guy that's, uh, you know, really stepped up, um, and, and taking control on that side. And, and, and Brady Marston is one of the better goalies in the division, but, um, you know, they're, they're going to have to find ways to get the ball away from Portsmouth and maybe take some, again, take some time off the clock when they do have it on offense. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to try to slow the game down uh, if you're Timberlane. I think it's like it's it's a, it's a lot to ask to like. I mean, you know, Portsmouth, you know, Zach Amen, Don Dom Maldari, like they've got you know really strong offensive options uh, that are just going to wear you down if if you're losing you know almost every phase off. I, I think at some point you. They, you know, any defense is going to get worn down if, if, if that's, you know, where the ball is, you know, for almost the whole game. Um, so they've got to, I think when they, they have to make the most possessions, they got to try to get turnovers whenever they can and, like, just, like, wait for, like, the best chance to, like, try to score. And, and if that takes, 
a good couple minutes, that's, that's probably to the, your advantage. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and, um, looking back at, at, at Portsmouth scores, uh, the, the 10 goals that, that Timberlane held them to was actually the second lowest, uh, Portsmouth mm. had, um, you know, Newburyport also held them to 10, uh, and Exeter, uh, only gave mm. up nine. Um, the only, the problem is, is that, that Timberlane only scored four, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they, and I think maybe what, you know, the, and, and Portsmouth's defense is, is one of the best in the state too, you know, with, with guys mm-hmm. like, um, uh, Max Brown and, um, I'm, draw, I'm drawing blanks on the rest of the names. Uh, Native man and goal. Yeah. Um, you know, so maybe I, you know, when I've seen Timberlane play this year, they, they have given teams big problems with their ride. I've seen them score a couple of goals. I feel like every game off their ride. So maybe that's a spot where they're going to have to take advantage and, and maybe score some, some kind of dirty goals, um, you know, force some turnovers and just get some unsettled situations. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that might be their best bet trying to score against, uh, against Portsmouth defense. Right. Um, yeah, I, I meant, um, yeah, they also, you know, Portsmouth also has another, you know, season, another strong senior goal. Yeah. Skylar Michaelitis. I probably yeah. butchered the last name, but he's, he's really good. I mean, he had, he had, you know, like we said in the Exeter game, he had a lot of big saves. He had eight yeah. in that one. And, and a few of those, you know, really kind of, you know, kept them in that game. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's the other thing, right. Is that, you, you know, we say like Timberlane, you have to, um, you know, make the most of your possessions and slow the game down. But at the same time, it's like, you have to break down a really good defense too. Yeah. Um, so that, that is like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Portsmouth, this Portsmouth team, if they were, I mean, I, I know people, you know, sometimes people, it's fun to have the, the conversation of like, what if Derry Field or Portsmouth played in division one, like right. wh- where would they be? But like, I feel like this Portsmouth team would have been like a really strong, like semifinal contender for division oh, one. Absolutely. So, um, it, it's tough to, it's tough to see them not making the final, um, but like not saying Timberland can't do it, but a lot of things have to go right in that one. Absolutely. Well, they, hey, Portsmouth has been uh, been number three in the coaches' poll for uh, mm-hmm. for more than a, I think a month now, or, or yeah. close to a month. Um. So yeah, the uh, so your D two semifinals on Tuesday. You've got uh, Wyndham and Dairyfield playing at five uh, at Stellos, and then uh, Timberland at Portsmouth following that up at seven fifteen. Uh, at uh, also at Stellos. Those are on Tuesday. Winners go on to Sunday's championship game. That one's scheduled for five o'clock at uh, at Exeter. And then uh, on Wednesday, we've got also got the uh, D three boys semifinals. Um, again, taking place at the same time as the D one boys semifinals. Uh, and oh, do we also mention the D two girls finals are, are that day too? They are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's gonna try try being in three places at yeah, once. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I would if I could. Um, yeah, right? I really would because I'd love to see all these games, um, especially mm-hmm. in D3 because I think, um, you know, going into the season, uh, I may have had Trinity a little bit higher than Hopkinton, but um, if, if not, or if I did, Hopkinton was probably the fifth on my list or in my top five in D3. So you got, I think, though, going into this, the four best teams uh, this year in Division Three. Uh, with Plymouth and Hopkinton playing um, in the first game, and then Laconia and Campbell in the second game, uh, you know Plymouth has been a team that has not given up a lot of goals all year, uh, only twice uh, allowing double digits. But one of those was to Hopkinton uh, in a 12-6 Hawks win on May 18th. 
Um, you know, and, and a big reason for that is uh, is Jake Marcoux and goal, goal for Plymouth. Um, you know, he might be probably the best goalie in, in Division Three, um, and certainly one of the top ones in the state. So he's going to have to have a huge game, I think, uh, for Plymouth to have a shot in this one. Yeah, I mean, Hopton, I mean, it, it's sort of been, you know, w- when they've been really good um, with, with Coach Blue there, like, it, I feel like it's always been because their offense is just, you know, really, really tough to beat. And, like, I don't know, that just, you know, if you if you kind of run through their regular season, I mean, I, they had one, what must have been a, you know, really interesting 3-2 game at Trinity. <laughs> oh, it was. I was there. It was, <laughs> it there? Was, I was, it was a 3-2 triple overtime. Uh, triple overtime. Yes. And they had an 8-5 uh, win with uh, against Laconia, but the rest, like, not very close. They get, you know, 15-plus goals, like, uh, they kind of ran through, you know, the rest of their schedule there and um, put up a lot of goals along the way. So uh, I, I guess it is a, a good, it is that classic, you know, good offense versus good defense uh, type of game. Um, but I don't know. It, <laughs> yeah. 12, 12, six, you know, at, you know, 12, six win. It's, it seems like they were able to at least figure it out the first time around. And you look at two, um, you know, Hopkinton had a 10-7 win against Trinity in the quarterfinals this past Saturday, so mm-hmm. they were able to figure out, um, you know, the Pioneers' mm-hmm. defense uh, this time yeah. around. Um, you know, in 10 goals, I know Trinity's been playing more of a, a hybrid zone uh, defense that most of um, most of the season, and, and you know, I, I may be having a second look at them um, after mm-hmm. playing playing a game and a half, basically. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> um, a lot of film to go to be able to of, yeah, pick apart of, exactly exactly um you know and, and you're right yeah hopkinton has the guys that can can score um it's not you know some of the names aren't as familiar as you know i think in years past just because you know a lot of those guys have graduated moved on but they still got you know uh ryan brown is is still a, a great attackman for them they got a mm-hmm. kid in uh, uh quinn whitehead who um you know who's been putting up goals for them and a, a, an interesting story too he uh he was a guy that hadn't played lacrosse for um, a couple of years and decided to come back this year. Um, and I think he had four goals on Saturday against uh, against Trinity. So that's a, yeah, a fun not story. a bad not yeah. a bad comeback year. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Ethan Wolnar's been uh, been solid for them. Um, and then probably uh, you know one of the the a guy who's been uh, big for them literally uh, and and figuratively, Eli Standiford in goal. Um, you know, when I saw them at that, that Trinity game, uh, I looked at him, you know, he's standing, standing straight up. He is taller than the goal. Uh, <laughs> and I just looked, and I was like, wow. Um, he moves, but he does not move like that. Like he was all yeah. over the place on the ground, diving after balls. Just, um, uh, for yeah, a guy he's not that just size, standing yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. For a guy what? that size, he's a tremendous athlete. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, you know, and then, like I said, for Plymouth, uh, Jake Marcoux is going to have to have a, a really good game for them. Um, and his uh, his younger brother there, uh, Brendan Marcoux, also, um, you know, they're going to need him to, to find ways to score. Um, you know, but I, I think, I don't know, I think this one may be a little bit lower scoring than the regular season game. Right, right. Um, and Plymouth has been a fun, you know, uh, team to see come up the last couple of years. You know, they made it to the final last year. They're back in the semis this year. Um, you know, I think if you look, you know, Laconia and Hopkins are sort of like the old guard of 
the division. Right. They're tr- traditionally strong teams. It's nice to see a team like Plymouth kind of, um, you know, getting into that conversation uh, on a consistent basis here. Yeah, they'd always been kind of a team that would, would every every couple of years would make a Final Four run but couldn't get over that last hurdle until, mm-hmm. until last year. So great to see them uh, back here again and, and great to see them do that last year. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, on the other side, you've got uh, Laconia and Campbell playing the late game. Uh, a, a, uh, a game where Campbell's the higher seed, uh, but will basically be playing a road game uh, at Laconia, yeah. uh, which yeah. they, they did already do this year, though. Uh, mm. Won that one 12 to four uh, back on May 9th. Uh, did I did go up to that one too, and yeah. um, that one, um, you know, as as good as Laconia has been, they just really had a hard time getting anything going against Campbell in that game. You know, whether it was getting the ball away from Campbell's um, offense, or um, or just when they did, they they just really had uh, a tough time outside of maybe uh, a stretch in the second quarter where they could just kind of set up. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not, I, you know, of course, as we've said, anything can happen at this point. Um, but, uh, and, and it, I think it'd be a little bit closer than the 12, four regular season game, but, uh, Laconia is going to need, um, quite the effort, I think, to pull out this one against the Campbell team that scores a lot of goals. Right. Yeah. They, they're another team like, like Hopkinton that can score a, a whole ton, um, I guess from from what you saw, Joe, was it more? It's just like a tough matchup for or Campbell. Was just a tough matchup for Laconia, or just you think there was just like another situation where like just too many guys to cover at that? Yeah, point? too many, too many guys. I think it was too many guys. And 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 when you get to that case, yeah, it's who do you you try to shut down Brendan Boshi and 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 Jack Nury's open for you know, or you you try to right. shut both of them down. And Andrew Wilness has had a great year for them on offense. Uh, Tiernan Sullivan. Uh, been a had a great year too. Been I think he had six goals in their quarterfinal win over Guilford, mm-hmm. um, if I'm remembering that correctly. He, uh, you know, he's been great for them, just kind of taking up the middle of the field and being kind of a physical presence in front of the the crease. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then defensively, uh, you know, Ryan Garrett is uh, is one of the better goalies in the division. Um, you know, he he doesn't get I think he doesn't get tested as much because they've. Yeah, you know, they've got the ball so much on offense, but right. you know, I've seen him come up with with key saves for them at times, and uh, you know, the defense with uh, with with Eric Coates, and uh, oh, why am I blanking on it? Where did his name go? Uh, Jackson Canelli. Um, those mm-hmm. guys have been really solid all year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think you know, you talk about you, you mentioned Portsmouth. You know, would they be where would they be in Division One? What would they look like? And mm-hmm. you know, I I've had Campbell. Um, you know, in my top ten in the coaches' yep. poll all year, mm-hmm. um, I, I think they would be a competitive playoff team. They may not win Division Two, but this this but like quarterfinal yeah, maybe quarterfinal. Yeah. Um, you know, things go the right way, maybe semifinal team. But I I think this Campbell team is uh, is is pretty solid, and uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, it'll be exciting to see uh, what happens on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think it is it is crazy to think that I mean not that I guess you know I wonder what that atmosphere is going to be like I'll yeah. I'll be there so I'll, I'll find out but um <laughs> uh, but I can't like it's gonna it's gonna be I imagine a lot more for for Campbell to deal with than the regular season game uh you know I feel like you know this game might be like you know where all of Laconia comes out to to watch this one um and I mean that is a stadium where if you pack it I'm it, yeah. It, can get loud so maybe they do have to deal with the the atmosphere a little bit more than they did in the regular season 
Um, but uh, yeah, it is it is funny to see that uh, you know Laconia has a you know semifinal uh, home game. Like, could you imagine <laughs> if if could you imagine if BG was home against Pickerton? Uh, well, the... <laughs> I mean that's that's why they I mean they used to play some of these games at Stellos Division One at yep. Stellos and and yep. yeah BG was usually a higher a, a seed there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It it'll be. I th- yeah. I'm I'm curious to to see what uh, what it looks like to see your updates from from up there about what that crowd looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know the other game too. I mean I know. Um, it's not too much of a travel for either. Hopkins yeah. Or yeah. I suppose. Yeah. But yeah. The other. Yeah. For for Campbell, folks. I mean I'm sure they'll they'll uh, mm-hmm. a good portion of them will make the drive. Um, Plymouth always travels well to everything. Or at yeah. least, at least my experience in football, they they travel well for everything. I know they're they're more of a football than a lacrosse town, but I'm sure there's plenty of guys crossing over um, that are on that team. So oh, I'm definitely. sure that that Plymouth will get a good crowd there too. Yeah. Well, um, any final thoughts? Uh, or oh, I did I mention uh, should mention first that Plymouth Hopkinton Duke that that game is Wednesday at five. Uh, Laconia Campbell then follows at seven fifteen. The winners move on to. Uh, Sunday's final at two thirty, the first game of the day out at Exeter. Um, so yeah, look, it should be um, you know the the finals are always one of the best days of uh, I think the sports year in mm-hmm. uh, in in New Hampshire. You know, playing these ga- three games together, I'm really glad that they did this again. Uh, of course, didn't have it in 2020, and last year they had Division Three at a, a different location uh, than Division One and Two. So really glad that all these three games are back together. Uh, it makes for a tremendous day, um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Any uh, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap up? No, I was just going to echo that, uh, Joe. I I think that the you know the the finals day for lacrosse is, is just so great to have all of them back to back to back. And um, Exeter can be a little bit of a challenge for for us uh, media folk. With <laughs> people seem to disappear very quickly yes, after they games do. They to, do. Get, to get interviews, but uh, it, it's a great uh, great venue. They uh, they disappear um, or they congregate right under the loudest under speaker. the speakers. <laughs> yes, uh, exactly, which we... makes it really great on the ears to listen oh, back yeah. to. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's a, it's one of the best days of the year for sure. I uh, you know I I enjoy that they have you know traditionally they have all the hockey finals at the same day at the Verizon, but the Verizon's right. um, or rather Snoo Arena. I'm showing my age a little bit, but uh, the the Snoo Arena um, is a little bit more. You have to go up and down. You got to deal right. with a bunch of stuff. At least um, you're at a true high school venue for all those finals for the lacrosse, and uh, it just it makes for like a really enjoyable day to just kind of wrap up not just you know the spring season but the whole high school season. Yeah, with being uh, Sunday, we're it's the last uh, it's the last event on the calendar. Um, yep. Everybody else will be done at that point, so hopefully we'll exactly. see some uh, some pretty good crowds. At last I looked, the weather was supposed to be pretty good mm-hmm. um, well, on Sunday. Not uh, one of those like ninety degree, you know, yeah. maybe it's gonna thunder all day kind of kind of days, which I know we've had uh, had there in the past. So yeah, looking forward. And to you it. and I will be there trying Oops, to get as yeah. much as we can before, uh, <laughs> out of those games before we have nothing to write about. for a little Oh while. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I plan on getting at least, uh, at least two or three stories out of each game. So look, look forward to that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. Well, plenty of coverage for sure. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, he is, uh, he's Alex Hall from the union leader jumping in today to, to fill in for, for coach Hetler. Alex, uh, we just want to thank you again. I greatly appreciate it and uh, looking forward to chatting with you at some of these games uh, over the next week. Yeah, of course. I'm sure we'll see plenty of each other, Joe. Oh, Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's Alex Hall. I'm Joe Marcellina. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again later this week.